Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Ezekiel, the Navi Yechezkel, chapter 45, Perak Memhe. Uh, those that have been studying with us until now would remember that these last several chapters we heard of the journey that God, the uh, virtual journey that God took the Prophet on to Jerusalem to see the third temple and to walk through its chambers until the point in the last chapter where the eastern door was open god's presence entered and filled the entire temple and then god began to speak to yehazkel and talk to him about what this what the service and worship in this temple was going to be like how it was going to be different than the previous ones and the primary differences were that those that are going to serve in this temple are only going to be those who are not arle lave, arle basar, meaning they're not uncircumcised of heart and uncircumcised of their body. In other words, they need to make sure they keep God's rules, God's laws, God's justice. Only those who take proper care to have to live an appropriate life and to have their souls appropriately dedicated to God, only those will serve in this new temple. We continue on this theme somewhat, but in this in this chapter, we're going to discuss giving out the land, the land of Israel, the land around the temple, the land of Jerusalem, and how it is supposed to be apportioned out to the um, to the people. And we're going to start with how it land is going to be given to the to those that serve in the temple, to the priests and to the Levites. So let's uh, study that. First one, uvahapilchem et aretz, and when you allot the land, benachala, as inheritances to the people, tarimutrumaladonai, you are going to separate a special portion for God. Kodesh menaretz will be a holy separation from the rest of the land, so it will be consecrated land, and this land should be orech hamishavi esrim elef. That's 25,000 uh, cubits long, Asar elephant, 10,000 cubits wide, Kodesh, Hu Bechog It should be holy on all, all around the border. So this would surround the temple area. And Yiemize El Kodesh, of this uh, land, Chamesh Meot, Bachamesh Meot, Merubas Aviv, a square of 500 by 500 cubits. Bachamishim Ama or and 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 another fifty cubits migrash lo saviv as a as a open space surrounding that five hundred by five hundred square. So you, the bottom line so far is you set aside the five hundred by five hundred with a migrash surrounding it in the um in the area which was uh, uh set aside for the temple itself, and then this uh, much larger portion of land which we're about to find out what we're going to do with that land. And from this area, you should measure off a 25,000 long parcel of land, and 10,000 wide. And within it, within this space that I just described, is where the temple, the Holy of Holies, shall, shall be placed. This 
Kodesh, this area that was separated from the land, and I'm reading verse 4 now, should be for the priests, those that are serving in the Migdash, in the temple. Those that do come close. The ones that we said before, that the ones that are righteous, those are the ones who are serving God, and those are the ones who should get homes in these places. They will have a place to put their homes in Mikdash, Mikdash, and they will also have that other area separated for the holy house in that separate area that I just described is going to be where the temple is. The reason for this, this is something different, this is something new, a concept of dividing up special land for the priests. One of the reasons for this, we'll see as we read through this chapter, and the commentaries explain, is in order to reduce the necessity for the priestly class to um, take from the people. What ha had happened in the previous time during the first temple period, we know that the, the priests, because they didn't have their own parcels of land, they took advantage of the general population and it led to significant corruption. But this, by having a place where they can put their houses that's set aside for them, that reduces the risk of corruption between the priests and the people. Um, Verse 5, Again, the measurement of 25,000 by 10,000. This is another space that will go, the same measurements, but another space that will be for the Levites. This should be 20 uh, divided up areas within this other parcel of land, which is 25,000 by 10,000 cubits. That would be for the Levites. And then alongside this area, so now we have an area for the temple, an area for the priests, an area for the Levites. Again, this way giving everyone enough place that there shouldn't be a necessity of, of defrauding the people in order, to have, uh, in order to have a place to live and to support themselves. There should also be an area, which is 5,000 wide and 25,000 long, which is opposite the area which we just divided for the holy purposes, and this should be for all of the Jewish people to use. This is public area, public land, which will be for everyone, for the, for the, for the use of the public. Um, this is separating public space. This is not being given to any specific tribe. We'll see later that the land will be divided again up by tribes. But here we have a place for everyone to use, for everyone to share. Vila Nasi, and for the Nasi, again using that term which we saw in the last chapter, the king is not being called a king anymore. He's not a king. He is a Nasi, which is generally translated as prince. And remember that in the last chapter, I explained that a Nasi is one who is chosen by the people to uplift the people and uplifted by the people. That's what the word Nasi means. A different type of leader. This leader, Mize Umize, on both sides, Lechuma Sakodesh, of that area that was separated for the priests, and the area that was separated for the people, alongside the public area and alongside the area that was set aside for the priests, one going on the west side towards the west, and on the east side towards the east, and um, the length, uh, going Migulyam El Kadima from the western to the eastern boundary, a, another strip of land attaching them. 
this would be his land. So another land that is outside, outside, and it's important that the king, remember the kings before were criticized for considering themselves like deities and placing their place of residence and their graves themselves next to or even inside the temple. But here we're telling the king he lives outside of all of this, outside the public area, outside the priestly area, outside the temple area. This is verse 8. This should be given to him as a land, as an inheritance in Israel. And this is the key. And this is this last phrase. And no longer will my leaders be, uh, defraud and oppress the people because they... They have land, they have their place to live, they don't need to take anything away from anyone else, they don't need to, to appropriate land away from the people for the king. The king has his place, and the place is deliberately placed outside the area in order to demonstrate that he is not. He is here to serve the people, to help the people, not to, to oppress them and to take advantage of them, and so on. And this of the relative to him, and then the rest of the country. So here we discussed the city of Jerusalem. The rest of the country will be divided up according to tribes, and we're going to have some more details about that later on. Now, in verse nine, God makes it very clear how this leadership in the third temple period is going to be in the messianic period is going to be very different from the leadership we had before. And several times we've had Ezekiel criticize the leadership, but let's hear it again. So says the Lord God, You leaders of Israel, it's enough for you. Enough, enough already, enough of this bad behavior. I want you to stop all of this Hamas, this this uh, thievery, this this oppression, and 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 and. Uh, Plundering the people, Hasiru, remove that kind of behavior. And this is a very familiar phrase from all of the prophets. And what do I want from you? I want you to do justice and do righteousness. Stop this business of evicting people from their homes. Apparently, this was a big problem that the kings and even the priests would take advantage of the others, evict them from their homes. But now I've given everyone enough place to live. I've given them enough, no more of this kind of awful behavior. No, Madonna, so says the Lord God. But rather, what kind of a life should we have? How should you live? Verse 10, I want you to always have a... Um, have honest balances, you know, honest balances for your scales to, so you do business honestly. An honest AFA, which is a measurement for dry goods, and a BAT is a measuring device for liquids. They should all be appropriate. They should all be correct. They should all be fair and, and just. There should be a specific standard for how big an AFA is and how big a BAT is. Homer habat, so that the um, the uh, the the uh, the the um, the bat will be a tenth of a homer. In other words, it's, he's laying out specific um, measurements so that they're exact, and so no one can argue over measurements and try to cheat one another. Vasirita homer eifa, and an eifa is a tenth of a homer. El homer yemas kunto. And how, how is it measured? You measure it by a chomer. So there's a specific measurement. This one is a tenth of this. This one is a tenth of that. And everyone can agree on that. 
The hashekel esrim geira, the shekel, the coin, is 20 geiras. Esrim shekalim, 20 shekels is chamisha v'esrim shekalim, um, and 25 shekels, asarava chamisha shekel, and 10 plus 5 shekel, hamonei yelachem. This is how you're going to add up the mana, which is a larger coin. Zos ha-truma asher tarimu. This, and, and now, when you separate contributions for the Beit HaMikdash, for the Temple, this is how it should be done. Shishit ha-eifa mechomer achitim, a sixth of an eifa for every chomer measurement of wheat. Vishishitem ha-eifa mechomer hasa-orem. And you should have a sixth of an eifa from this, that measurement of barley. V'chok ha-shemen ha-bat ha-shemen. Remember, the bat was a measurement for a liquid, and the rule for oil is, as it is measured by the bat, Masar habat min hakor. You take a, a tenth of a bat from every kor, which is a measurement of oil. Aseret habatim chomer ki aseret habatim chomer. Because we know, and it's clear, and this is how it has to be a standard, that ten batim make up every chomer. And then vise achat min atzon. One sheep from the from the flock should be given min hamatayim from every two hundred sheep mimashkei Israel from the. Uh, should be given from the products belonging to the Israelites. So every person would give one out of 200. So that that can be used for the sacrifices. I described the oil, the, the, the wheat, the barley, and the, um, and the sheep. So they can use that for meal offerings. And for burnt offerings. And peace offerings, so that should be for the sacrifice for the people. So says the Lord God. So it's a very clear numbers, which doesn't necessarily correspond exactly with what the Torah had said. And I'm not going to get into understanding the differences between the two. The Talmud uh, discusses this issue, um, but uh, the point is made. Fairness, and, and, and if everyone gives a specific amount, which is not so much that people can still live with what is left, that people have most of it to themselves, but if everyone gives that certain amount to the temple, the temple has what it needs, and honesty and fairness will be appropriate. No more uh, uh, oppression from the elite against the normal population. Kol Ha'amaretz, this is verse 16, the entire people of the land, Yiyu El they will all give this Truma, this separation, Lanasi Bisral to the king of Israel. But then after that, the king is responsible for everything else. Verse 17, Bialanasi. But again, I'm sorry for using the word king. I'm going to use the word Nasi, which does not, uh, which is usually translated, like I said, as prince, but I'm going to say the leader. And the leader yet would be his responsibility for the Olot, Olot, for the burnt offerings, the meal offerings, and the libations. For Bachagim, for the holidays of Echadashim, and for the first days of the month, Shabbatot, and for Shabbat, Beit Israel, for all the special days of the people of Israel. He is the one that's going to do and be responsible. So that will be on the government, basically, their responsibility too to bring all of those sacrifices, Lechaper Ba'ad Beit Israel, in order that they can achieve atonement for the people of Israel. Verse 18, So says the Lord God, On the first day of the first day of the month, of the first month, I want you to do, you're going to take a, a bull from the herd of cattle, a pure one, a, a complete one, and you, you will sacrifice that in order to inaugurate 
and and literally to cleanse the temple, the new temple, to make it holy. Verse nineteen, the priest will take from the blood of this of this uh, sacrifice. and he will place it on the doorpost of the new temple. and he will put it on the four corners of the edge of the altar. and then put it also on the doorpost of the outer gate to the courtyard. He should do the same thing on the seventh day of the month, to, um, to cleanse um, the sins of those that are foolish and those that are making mistakes, those that, that, that uh, have, have sinned in error. This will forgi- achieve forgiveness and atonement for them. And with this, they will clean and, and purify the temple. Then on the 14th day of the first month, as we know, that is Yelechem HaPasach, that would be the, the holiday of Pesach, of Passover, Chag Shavuot Yamim that is the holiday which for a week you're going to eat matzah, um, and um, as we know, that's the date, and on that day, the leader, the Nasi, will do, he will also bring a par, a bull, as a sin offering. And then for the seven days of the holiday, he will bring a burnt offering for God. Seven bulls and seven rams each day for the seven days. And another offering of a goat. And, and he brings along with each par. With each bull, he brings a meal offering of an ephah measurement, the ephah la'ayliyas, and another mincha for the ram, v'shem and hin la'ayfah, and he and he mixes in a hin, this is a measurement of oil in each ephah of the of of the flour that he brings, and then b'shavi b'chamishat yom lachodesh bechag in the seventh month on the fifteenth day we know that is the chag, the holiday of Sukkot. Uh, uh, of tabernacles, the same thing you also do for seven days, with the uh, sin offering, the burnt offering, the meal offering, and the oil offering. Again, let me mention that the offerings listed here by Ezekiel don't exactly correspond with the offerings as the Torah lists for each holiday. Uh, and again, the... Uh, the reasoning for the differences is something that is dealt with by various commentaries. I'm not going to go into that, but the general idea and the main point of this chapter has been that the new temple will be a place where, which will function without oppression, a place that will function with mishpat and stucco, with justice and righteousness, a place where the priests and the leaders have what they need to live and will not need to to become gaudy and arrogant and take things away from the people, a place where the key demand was the, the temple itself should not be a source of oppression, should not be a place which, which drains and, 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 and takes money from the people, but rather it'll be a place that's supported by the king, by the government, and by a certain allotment that the people give on a regular basis, and that business should be fair, business should be honest, uh, agreements should be kept, this is the basic idea that we studied and learned in chapter 45, and this is what the third temple is supposed to look like. Thank you so much for studying chapter 45 together with me. Looking forward to studying 46 as we approach the end of this beautiful book. Um, thank you and have a wonderful day.